You're listening to the Culture and Talent Podcast from Nemours Children's Health. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Nemours Culture and Talent Podcast. I'm your host for today, Jared Narlock, the Strategic Culture and Talent Program Manager with Nemours. And I am joined by a wonderful team member who uh, has joined us in the past talking about different things involving leadership development and really development in general. And we're actually going to have the opportunity today to talk about an important topic that it connects to development and it connects to teamwork. And so I'm excited to hear from this wonderful team member and I'll let her introduce herself further. Mary, if you could introduce yourself. Absolutely, Jared. Thanks so much. My name is Mary Huntington and I have the pleasure of serving the Moors as a talent development and engagement manager. Um, and I have the pleasure of getting to partner with Jared on a daily basis. And when we start talking about uh, subject matter like development and leadership and and all of the things that that impact teams, we, we have a hard time stopping. So it's a pleasure to be here with you today, Jared. Thanks so much, Mary. And you and I were talking recently and we were talking about one of the things that we saw with some really high engaged teams, teams that we had been partnering with where you could see just in our partnerships the level of trust, the level of engagement, and where accountability was on the teams. And it brought us to the topic of safe environments or psychological safety, which is a term that we hear talked about a lot because when people hear it discussed, uh, probably the most well-known person that, that speaks to it because of how her research relates to it is Dr. Amy Edmondson. And we've heard teams say, hey, can you come and do this training on psychological safety. We want that in our environments. And one of the things that I know you and I have discussed with different leaders, different teams, is that psychological safety is not something that is a check the box and, hey, we've done it and now we have a psychological safe environment. It's actually an outcome. It's an outcome of different pieces, trust being one of them, and how we open up the environment for empowerment, for connection to purpose and different pieces. And so as you and I were talking about that, we said, you know, as we're sitting here thinking about, this is a topic that comes up often. How do we get to that outcome of psychological safety on our teams? Because it's an awesome environment to work in. I know both you and I have been in those environments and have had the the pleasure of working in those environments and the type of courage that stepped into in those environments the type of connection and growth that also occurs in those environments is so great, but it doesn't happen by chance. And there's also not a clear-cut recipe. However, today, we want to share a tool, a tool that is something that leaders can check into, can really look at and talk about with their teams in an authentic and humanistic way that can help them build those pieces that ultimately get to that outcome of psychological safety. And so, the first thing I want to ask you, Mary, is when you think about psychological safety, what have been the the common themes in environments where you felt psychologically safe? That's a really good question, Jared. When we when we think about psychological safety, like you said, psychological safety is an outcome. It's not a check the box. It's not, hey, be safe. We have a psychologically safe environment here. You can do it. Right. It's not something that just happens. It's something that's cultivated and really grown. And it's done through 
um, usually by the, the leader's example that they're setting forward. And I think that when I think about a psychologically safe environment, it really is individual to the person, right? It's not something that automatically happens. It's really about that environment of trust. It's about that environment of, of respect. It's about that environment of belonging. And that's individualized. It's based on, on the person, their life experiences, what they need to feel safe in those moments. And when I think about teams that are psychologically safe and the, the teams that I've been on that are psychologically safe, I often think of the leader. When we think about leadership, there's an inherent power differential there. And when leaders are able to step back and have the conversation with their teams, at, at least from, from my experiences, what does safety look like to you? What does it feel like? How can we show up and act in a way that's safe? And I think that's really what it comes down to. I mean, for me, safety is about when I'm not in the room or when I'm not there, I know that you're supporting me. I know that you've got my back and that I can trust that. Um, and that'll make me want to bring things forward in a way that is more creative, more meaningful, more inspired. Because when you think about psychological safety, it really is those, those key components of I'm comfortable taking risks. I'm comfortable raising my hand and asking for help. I'm comfortable in making a mistake and honing up to that mistake. And I know that I'm not going to be retaliated against or belittled or talked down to in, in that way. And I'm going to be supported and, and even when I'm not in the room. And I think that when we think about that, it really is different to each and every person. And it stems from my perspective and my experience from the leader and what they bring forward and how they're acting on the team. Because I've, I've been on teams that I've really enjoyed working with leaders, but I haven't always felt safe. Great point, Mary. And it's one of those pieces I'm listening uh, to some of the highlights that, that you spoke to. One big thing that I hear is it's a partnership. And so it starts with the leader. And then you mentioned having those discussions and having those discussions at the individual level as well, not saying, okay, this is how we're going to operate as a team. Because just as I know we talk about, and it's one of the things that uh, happens in our new hire orientation, that there are small group breakouts where they talk about our standards. And we discuss the fact that so many leaders in the organization with their teams will regularly talk about those standards so that they're not just simply words on a piece of paper, but that what does that look like? Because when we talk about civility, which I think civility and respect are huge pieces that I heard you describing there that can work towards that outcome of psychological safety, what I may look at as what's meaningful to me in connection to respect may be different in the way that you look at it. And so we have to have that dialogue. And so as a leader, it's facilitating that dialogue and then me being open to having that discussion initially. So there's some extension of trust out the gate there. But if someone's coming into that environment where they talk about, hey, this is what civility looks like currently. Here's different examples. Here's what respect looks like for us. And we also want to know what it looks like for you that you're bringing into the team as part of that partnership. And then at the same time, setting the stage for accountability. Hey, here's our connection to purpose, to what we're doing as an organization. And here's how what you're doing connects to that also so that they understand and there's clarity around that to be able to ask those types of questions that you mentioned, to be able to really step into both empowerment and accountability and at the same time exercise that with others. And so 
those are some of the big pieces that as I'm listening to what you shared, I think are, are so important that you bring forward that as a leader, they set the stage to create that environment. And then each person has to also feel as though they're empowered and step into it. Because that's been a piece sometimes where I know leaders have shared with me that I, I was kind of caught off guard when I got some exit interview feedback. You know, so I remember this one leader sharing this one time and and they said, I got this exit interview feedback and the person said that they felt they couldn't bring concerns forward and they gave specific examples. And the leader said, I really struggled with that. And I'm doing reflection to say, OK, what have I done that has created that, that they didn't feel they could bring those things forward because they were getting that from many of people currently in their environment. But as you spoke about that level of inclusiveness. And so the leader said, my first response was, well, they didn't, they didn't try, you know, they didn't try to bring it forward. And so how could I do that? But then they said, wait, you know, was there something there? And so they worked towards it. And one thing they found is they weren't asking certain questions that those that were bringing it forward, they felt comfortable and confident to bring it forward. But the leader realized, oh, I wasn't also asking questions. So people knew, hey, it was okay. I want to know those things. And so it's pieces like that. And I want to lead into the next question that I have for you based on the, the last thing that you said about environments that you've worked in where you said it was a good environment and I had, you know, good relationships, but it didn't necessarily mean that in turn was a psychologically safe environment. So do you think psychological safety equates to good working relationships? So yes and no. Right. So it's not an either or answer in my in my perspective. It's a it, it's it's a both and it's both yes and no, because just as we defined what psychological safety is and what it feels like on a team, it re really does start with that foundation of trust. And so I have to have a relationship with you to trust you. I have to be in that moment of building a relationship. So there's the yes. But no, it doesn't have to be there because not every relationship ends in a safe environment. I can really like you as an individual. I can want to hang out with you outside of work. I can want to go to happy hour. I, wanna, I can want to come to your kids, uh, you know, baseball games or birthdays because I enjoy spending time with you. But I may not feel safe with you in a working environment because I really don't trust that you're, you're going to support me when I'm not there. I actually had a leader at one point that I really did. I enjoyed spending time with her quite a bit. We did go out. We went out to dinner. We had different events that we went to. We had a really good time. It was a team that, you know, I really enjoyed spending time with them. And I didn't feel safe because at the end of the day, I didn't know if my words would be supported, my actions would be supported, or the, the things that I did would be supported when... I wasn't in the room. And to me, that was that was not a safe environment. I didn't feel comfortable. I don't need to want to hang out with you to feel safe. There are plenty of times that I know that that you respect me when and when we you brought up the word civility and respect, right? And those when you talked earlier about that engaged and effective team model that we're referring to that that people aren't seeing right now is that the basis of that engagement piece that's leading to psychological safety is civility, is respect. 
And civility is those nice niceties, right? It's the good mornings, it's the good evenings, it's the not rolling the eyes when you're you're talking with someone or they're bringing something forward. It's those little times, those little pieces of connection that we build on a daily basis. And and when we talk about respect, it's valuing what the person is bringing forward as an add, a value add to seeing what they're bringing forward has value. And so I don't need to like you to see that you have value, right? If you're doing your job, you're doing it well, we're having really good conversations around things. Just because I don't you know, really want to hang out with you outside of work doesn't necessarily mean I don't, I don't respect what you're bringing forward. And that's at the basis of psychological safety. Yeah. Some great points there, Mary. And I agree from my experience and, and working with different teams and being on different teams, uh, that relationship is the part of it. You said the yes. And right. That it's, it's not the sole piece as there are people that I've had really good relationships with. I think back to this one very influential leader that I had that was a great teacher, a great mentor, but an individual that I did not have a psychologically safe environment with. And a lot of the team members didn't. This person, as you mentioned, they had one person on the team that that you know everyone knew was their trusted confidant. And that, you know, people, because this person spoke openly when the leader wasn't around, people realized, oh, there were things that I was being vulnerable with our leader on that that leader was taking outside of me and them and sharing with this person. And multiple people on the team felt that way. Uh, I say felt that way. They, they shared specific examples. But uh, it, it was uh, uh, one of those environments where I can say I grew huge from this really good leader who I had a good relationship with, but there was not the level of trust that I had hoped for uh, in knowing some of those pieces and feeling truly psychologically safe. And when I reflected back on it, and it had been some time that since I had moved on from that specific team, I realized at the end of the day, the leader was great at teaching, at coaching, at mentoring. However, when it came to the workplace, there were hazy expectations. And that was a tough thing that I didn't always know what success looked like. And so I didn't know if I was getting to what was needed. And with those hazy expectations, uh, the leader, along with this, this individual, almost created an environment where there was unhealthy competition, where people felt like, oh, we're vying to be in good graces of these two individuals who are at times having conflicting dialogue of where it needs to go because the other person was uh, in a position of power on that team as well. And so it didn't feel like a psychologically safe environment. And sometimes you were looking over your shoulder where one week I felt like I was in a a good relationship with this, this person on the team. And then the next week I thought, okay, you know, can I be working with them on this? Or is this going to ultimately impact this outcome here? And it began becoming a, a, an environment of storytelling because of those hazy expectations. And so people were trying to insert data, insert facts that really weren't true data and facts. It was off of the stories we were telling ourselves. And so it was a wonderful relationship. When I look back with that leader, I had a great relationship. But I had another environment where with a, a leader, and we talked about that partnership, they were not someone, you know, you mentioned all those pieces of going out with someone and uh, connecting with them in in different ways. 
I would not want to do that with this leader. They were not someone that I meshed well with, but they were a leader that I had so much psychological safety with that that was an outcome. And they created that for our team as well because they provided clarity. There was a level of civility and respect that was talked about at the team that crossed over into accountability. And it led to us being able to ask questions amongst each other and partner. And so we all, when we you know stepped out of the, the workplace, we weren't all going and, and hanging out or that wasn't that, that leader that we'd want to connect with. Uh, however, we had civil relationships, respectful relationships, even though we had different interests. And there were so many great outcomes out of that team from what we accomplished, what we were able to do collectively. However, it wasn't a team where you'd look and say, oh, these have some of the strongest relationships. What we had, though, is we had really healthy relationships. And that outcome was psychological safety there. And when we talk about you know teams like that, one thing I, I will say, too, is we were all engaged. Was there someone on that team I know sometimes we, we talk about that best friend at work. Was there someone on, on that team that I would run to and tell about a project? You bet. I had that person to where we had a great relationship because they cared about that. And I knew they were there to support me. Just the same as that leader. They got excited about different things, but they cared enough to engage with me when I was excited about the things that I was excited about. And so how do you think that engaged and effective ladder that we've been referencing can help someone build a foundation to grow towards that outcome of psychological safety? So the engaged and effective teams ladder, when we think about it, it, it really does lay out those steps, right? That will get you to a point where you have an engaged team, an effective team, right? The ideal where everyone is working in harmony, where everyone feels safe, everyone knows what they're doing, they have the expectation, and they're following through on those expectations, they're holding themselves accountable, and they're adjusting and making things better based on the feedback that they're receiving, right? The, the ideal, the pinnacle of, of what we're all striving to work with. And when we think about that that model, it is it is the ideal, and it does give you the rungs or the steps that it takes to get there. But at the end of the day, there are words on a piece of paper. It's a, a model on a piece of paper, and it looks really pretty, and it looks really great, and it sounds really good. But unless you have consistency built in, like Jared, you were just talking about that consistency piece, you knew what was expected of you, and everyone was consistent in their their work product. Um, as long as it, to ensure that there's consistency, and ensure that that people know what they're working working towards that that there are specific actionables that have been created around each of those pieces. Unless those are there, it'll just continue to be words on a piece of paper or a model that you're looking for. And when I think about the model and when I think about making inroads to create an environment of psychological safety, of engagement, of effectiveness... It starts with our personal accountability. What are we doing to be accountable in making those steps, making those inroads towards creating that environment? What conversations are we having with our teams? What type of actions are we putting into place? And what are we doing when we make a mistake? I think that's that's the key thing because let me tell you, we will make mistakes. We all do. We're human. We will step in it. We will miss a rung on a ladder. We will 
derail and go off course, we will make mistakes. But that's okay. And what it's what we do in those moments that we say the wrong thing or we say something that we didn't mean or do something that did not meet someone else's expectations. It's what we do. It's how we hold ourselves accountable and what we do next that's most important. Yeah. You know, as, as I was listening to you, Mary, uh, that is uh, what I wrote down. It's so funny because you, you said that accountability and that, that consistency. And I wrote down uh, consistency in the important conversations. And sometimes we use the word tough, difficult, courageous. And I really look at it as important conversations because it's also those reward and recognition conversations. It's the highlighting of those pieces. And it's consistency in that, consistency in having those difficult conversations when someone steps outside of that accountability and realizing that they may have those conversations with us. We hope that because as you mentioned, we may mess up. We're human and helping people understand that, that, Hey, mistakes are made, bring that forward. We can learn from it. Sometimes there's a a process error and we're not going to know about it unless someone brings that forward. So it's modeling, as you mentioned, the way in consistency in those tough conversations, difficult, or ultimately what I like to call just important conversations and treating them that way. And I love what you said that the model is there. It's something to check in with yourself. It's something to see, hey, are we missing a rung on that ladder? And if so, how can I go talk with the team about it and make sure that you know, they're able to ask those questions. They're able to bring those ideas forward. Am I missing out on creating the environment for that, thinking that those exist, but I haven't elicited that input? And how can I be more consistent? And that's such a hard thing for team members, leaders to do because we have an ever-changing environment. But where we can get to those levels of consistency and having those conversations that do uplift others, that do recognize others, that do discuss when accountability might be shifting or when things aren't met to the level that we had talked about and hoped for and how do we grow from it instead of be fearful you know that it didn't happen it really can lead to those outcomes and so i really appreciate you mary taking the time to break that down in a way that what i hear it as is authenticity humanity and knowing that it's not a check the box so to recap what we talked about today Psychological safety is not a check-the-box process. It is an outcome, an outcome of being consistent as a leader, opening the doors up for your fellow associates to give feedback, to have shared dialogue, and to develop that partnership so that where psychological safety is being grown, being developed as people are working towards that outcome, it can continue And things like civility, having regular conversations around that, respect, as Mary mentioned, the accountability that comes with that are all pieces that can lead towards that outcome of psychological safety. And what we reference with the Engage and Effective Teams Ladder is a great starting point to be able to reflect on and say, okay, where as a team are we at? And where conversations leader that you can bring in with your fellow associates or associates starting that conversation with your leader. And we realize that that can be a tough thing to do. Probably one of the big things that Mary and I and other talent development practitioners have gotten frequently as questions from associates and organizations is, how do I talk to my leader? How do I talk to my leader about 
our environment and not feeling as though it's psychologically safe. Or, hey, I feel it on my team, but I, I don't necessarily feel it throughout the organization. And so I want to invite you to join us next time. And Mary and I are going to dive into that question of the associate's perspective, as we've shared a lot from the leader's perspective of the partnership and building that outcome towards psychological safety. But what happens when an associate is feeling that way? How can they approach their leader? And leader, what are some ways that you can discuss that and and build that partnership with them? So we look forward to you joining us next time as we talk further about this topic of psychological safety and reaching that outcome on our teams. The Nemours Culture and Talent Podcast is produced and edited by Carol Vassar Media Productions for Nemours Children's Health. Music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. Your questions, comments, and ideas about the podcast are welcome. Just email podcast at nemours.org. That's podcast at nemours.org. Find this and our flagship podcast, Well Beyond Medicine, on your favorite podcast app. And thanks for listening.